Welcome to our evening service tonight. We're going to commence our worship with hymn number 22, Great is Thy Faithfulness. We will stand pleased to worship the Lord. Let's come to the Lord, please, now in prayer, stilling ourselves, asking for His help and blessing for our evening meeting now. Father, as we come once more on the Lord's Day evening to this place of prayer and worship, we come, Lord, again humbling ourselves, giving thanks for 
the great faithfulness of our God to us. Lord, many times we have disappointed You, but we know, Father, that we have never been disappointed. And the faithfulness of our God is great from the beginning of the year to the end, higher than the heavens, deeper than the sea. And we will never exhaust, Lord, the faithfulness that has been given to us. Teach us and help us to understand when it seems sometimes that the clouds are covering that faithfulness and we cannot see it so clearly. And yet, Lord, to be reassured in the ground of Your Holy Word, in the faith that we have been given, the Spirit of God bearing witness with our spirit, so many things, Lord, we have never a cause, never a reason to doubt Your Holy Word and the promises that have been given to us so abundantly, so faithfully, Lord. We say tonight from our hearts that we love You. And we pray, Father, that we will be able to express that faithful love one to another, and that our lives would give testimony and light to the grace that has been poured into us, and that we would reflect the beauty and light and love of Jesus Christ one to another. Dear Father, I pray that we will be that light and witness to our neighbors and friends and to people that we meet in our workplace and out on the street, wherever it may be. Lord, may we always have a testimony to give forth, to shine forth, being the salt and the light in this evil world. Dear God, we ask today that we would be very mindful of our needs being met, and that as we come with burdens varied and different because of our own circumstances, we would be encouraged and be able to support and strengthen each other, and that we would bear one another's burdens, so fulfilling the law of Christ. And Father, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, who are called according to Your purpose. And dear Father, increase, I pray, our dependence and ever cause us to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus, that we will be in the Word of God and be faithful in our prayer, and that, Lord, as we shut ourselves away from the world at times, whatever time that might be throughout the course of the day, for that private communion. Lord, may it be very special and blessed to us and cause us to grow in our own faith. And dear Lord, we pray tonight for this evening service, remembering all of our sister congregations, praying again for our churches that do not have under-shepherds at this time, Strengthen them, bless them, answer their prayers, and bring the right man at the right time, the right family to our churches. Dear Father, remember our missionaries tonight. Remember those who are serving in harm's way. Be unto them a support, 
a comfort, a shield, a shelter in the time of storm. So be near to us now this evening. Bless us, we pray. And as we come around the communion table at the close of our service, may each one of us be very much aware of our Savior's presence with us, that we will eat and drink to the glory of Christ, to the honor, Father, of Thy holy name. Hear our prayers now. We ask in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Number 125, yesterday, today, and forever, Jesus is the same. We'll stand pleased to sing.
raging billows walked upon the sea, still can hush our wildest tempest as on Galilee. He wept and prayed in anguish in Gethsemane, drinks with us each cup of trembling in our agony. As of old he walked to Emmaus, with them to abide. So through all life's way he walketh ever near our side. Soon again shall we behold him. Hasten, Lord, the day. But twill still be this same Jesus as he went away. We have been thinking on our study of the life of Christ from John 14, of course, that Jesus promised, I will come again. And he has made that promise. And John, who heard Christ say those words in the book of Revelation many, many years later, he echoed, even so come Lord Jesus. And that remains our hope and our confidence to this day. And believer, that is our rejoicing. The Lord does not change. His word does not change. The Lord Himself is promised. I am the Lord, I change not. And it's because of that that we have great confidence tonight to praise Him. Let's sing this final verse. singing well tonight to the Lord's praise, and that is very good. We're turning tonight in our Bibles to the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3. Ecclesiastes, chapter 3. first 17 verses. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get 
a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away, a time to rend, a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. What profit hath he that worketh in that wherein he laboreth? I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also he hath set the world in their heart, so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. I know that there is no good in them, but for a man to rejoice and to do good in his life, and also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor, it is the gift of God. I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it. And God doeth it that men should fear before him. That which hath been is now, and that which is to be hath already been, and God requireth that which is past. And moreover, I saw under the sun the place of judgment, that wickedness was there, and the place of righteousness, that iniquity was there. I said in mine heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time, therefore, for every purpose and for every work. May the Lord bless the reading of His Word to our hearts tonight. It is good to ponder the words of the proverb and of the Ecclesiastes written by Solomon as they are from the Lord and from the insight God gave to that man, the issues of life. And sometimes the deep philosophical things are revealed to us in practical and simple ways. And sometimes, friends, when we wonder about the issues of life and how God is working things out, well, you come back and study again through both Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and pray for the divine light, for the wisdom of God, and you will find that we have His truth. And He reveals to us and shows us His sovereignty and His purposes in all things. And how that when God purposes something, it will come to pass. And He is overseeing. And He is planning and purposing. And we want to see ourselves and know where we stand in light of that. And not to be on the outside of His will. Not to be, as sometimes we say, running ahead or lagging behind. But to observe life. And to see that under heaven, well, not so often as Solomon was writing, the observation of events under heaven. And yet to see sometimes beyond that 
or to have the eternal perspective, that brings things for us into perspective as the followers of God. And therefore, we do not despair. We have hope and we have cause to rejoice in what the Lord has done and what He yet will do. And we want to be in the center of His will. We welcome you tonight to our evening service. We're glad that you're here, and we hope and pray that you will receive blessing from your fellowship, worship and song, the reading of Scripture, the looking into the Word of God, and that you also would be welcome as you've tuned into our service online tonight. Commented this morning and read out a note of thanks from our brother Dan and his family, their thanksgiving to the congregation for your outpouring of love to them last Wednesday in the memorial service and all of the support that you have extended to the family. But I say to you now tonight, don't let that support end now. I know you won't because it's needed more now than ever. And to encourage our brother, let you know you're still standing with him and with his family. That is so important in the days, months, and the years that will continue on. Let's continue to remember and to pray for the persecuted Christians and believers as they are suffering today in Ukraine, for example, and they're in harm's way. To pray for believers and for missionaries and ministers that are trying to be a witness there and helping. Remembering in many other countries where Christians are under great persecution today, that God would protect them and He would be a shelter and a protection. And they will find the Lord a refuge they will run into and be safe in their time of trouble. Last evening there was another meeting of the Connect group, and it was a good meeting. Uh, Brother Daniel Simon is now heading up the Connect group meeting, and so they had a testimony from a young lady in the Calgary church, Janelle, and I did not hear that testimony, but I've heard that before from our sister Janelle, and uh, that was a blessing. And also they had a good time around the Word and time of worship. Do remember, please, that ministry among our young adults here in our own church and as it spreads across Canada and in some of our United States churches and also into Mexico, that the Lord would watch over and bless that fellowship. We will be having our communion service after this service now tonight. And as you see, the table has been set, and it's for all of the Lord's people. If you are saved by the grace of God, you don't have to be a member of this church to have fellowship with us around the Lord's table. But you must give testimony of faith in your own conscience before the Lord in order to partake of that time. Tomorrow evening, tomorrow afternoon, rather, at 4 p.m., we have a meeting of our Whitfield Christian Schools Advisory Committee. And please remember that. And then on Tuesday night, there is the baby shower for Evelyn Simon, and that will be here in the church downstairs. And uh, what is the time of that service? 7 p.m.? Good. Thank you very much. 7 p.m. And for that service. 7.30 on Wednesday, however, is our prayer meeting and Bible study. And we want to remember 
of that time, and I invite everyone in the congregation, every family certainly to be represented at the prayer meeting. The ladies' Bible study will be held on Thursday night at 7 p.m., and that will be on Zoom only, and you will have already received the same link you, you had for the past uh, Monday, or Tuesday rather, that was changed. That will, will still be active, I believe, for the service on Thursday uh, night. Next Lord's Day, we will be meeting again at the regular times for Bible classes, Sunday school, and our morning and evening services. And there is an advance announcement regarding Port Hope and their Easter services, April 15th, which is Friday, and then Saturday the 16th. And if you would like to be a part of those services, you're welcome to attend. And uh, there will be a notice in our own bulletin next Lord's Day, having all the details there for you. And if you would like to attend the dinner that's provided on Friday in between the two services, the afternoon and evening, then you could write your name, please, on the list that will be posted uh, next Lord's Day in our own foyer, just so we can let the folks in uh, Port Hope know how many are planning uh, to attend there. Those are all the ministry announcements we have for you. We're going to sing again, please, to the Lord's praise. Number 33, the name of Jesus is so sweet. Remain seated while we sing.
Please turn now in your Bibles to the book of Daniel, chapter 2. Daniel chapter 2, reading from verse 19 down to verse 30. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are His. And He changeth the times and the seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. He revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness, and the light dwelleth with Him. I thank Thee and praise Thee, O Thou God of my fathers, who hath given me wisdom and might, and hath made known unto me now what we desired of Thee. For Thou hast made has now made known unto us the king's matter. Therefore Daniel went in unto Arioch, whom the king had ordained to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went and said thus unto him, Destroy not the wise men of Babylon. Bring me in before the king, and I will show unto the king the interpretation. Then Arioch brought in Daniel before the king in haste, and said thus unto him, I have found a man of the captives of Judah that will make known unto the king the interpretation. The king answered and said to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, Art thou able to make known unto me the dream which I have seen, and the interpretation thereof? Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king hath demanded cannot the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, the soothsayers show unto the king. But there is a God in heaven that revealeth secrets, and maketh known to the king Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the latter days. Thy dream and the visions of thy head upon thy bed are these. As for thee, O king, thy thoughts came into thy mind upon thy bed. What should come to pass hereafter? And he that revealeth secrets maketh known to thee what shall come to pass. But 
as for me. This secret is not revealed to me for any wisdom that I have more than any living, but for their sakes that shall make known the interpretation to the king, and that thou mightest know the thoughts of thy heart. Let's bow, please, for prayer. We might know the Lord's help to understand His Word tonight. Father, we have read this Word again, perhaps many times. We come tonight humbling ourselves, Lord, standing in need of the light, the instruction, the wisdom that comes alone from the Spirit of God. And I pray tonight for your help to be able to speak this word faithfully and plainly so that there would be no misunderstanding and there would be, Lord, that direct application of the word by the Holy Spirit to all our hearts. We want, Lord, to be instructed We want, dear Father, to grow in grace. We want to understand something more of the wonder and majesty and glory of our great Redeemer. And so I pray tonight that not only, Lord, would you help me, but you would give help to everyone here listening to the word open our understanding, open our hearts. We think of all those listening online. There would be a blessing for each one as well. Thankful for this technology. Praying again for the ministry of Sermon Audio. Lord, ever protect them, protect this work, that it will not be given over to the ravages of evil. Bless us now tonight, we pray. In Jesus' holy name we ask. Amen. Last Lord's Day evening, we were thinking upon this portion of Scripture, and very specifically the call to prayer that Daniel gave to his friends. I'm reminded of the comment I shared with you that Matthew Henry wrote, and I have it noted in the margin of my Bible, praying friends are good friends. And if you have someone that you know of, you can lean on in the time of your need to call them, please come and pray with me, pray for me. Well, those are very blessed companions. And so they got together in their home and they sought the Lord. They went to God with very direct request, and there was a divine answer that came. They needed it at that moment, or else they would, they would die. This urgent need and this very specific request, it garnered for them a fast and a specific answer. And I asked the question last Lord's Day evening, 
Can we trust the Lord to do always for our good and for His glory? Because sometimes our prayers are not speedily answered, and we may not have the request given to us just as we thought it was going to come. But in this case, God did answer Daniel and his friends very specifically. And Daniel was not slack in the spontaneous note of thanksgiving he brought to the Lord, because we're told in verse 19, then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. There was no delay in his worship, who had very specifically answered, received a very quick response from his servant. God had chosen to reveal uh, the remarkable revelation of his purpose in human history, and that came about as a result, yes, he gave the dream to Nebuchadnezzar, but the Lord used Daniel and his friends for the purpose of revealing that. Other words, it would have been closed up. It would not have been known had the Lord not used his servant. And so Daniel came to give praise and thanksgiving, and he brought very specific details of that thanksgiving unto the Lord. And he said, I will bless, we will bless the God of heaven. Now we thought too about the blessings that God gives to us and how they are great and many, and we have received the blessing of salvation, the blessing of sins forgiven, the blessing of life itself, the blessings that go on for us each day. But what is it that when you and I come to bless God, we are coming to give thanks to Him, we are coming to worship the Lord for all He has done for us. Let us not be neglectful to give thanks to God and to come to praise Him very specifically for what He has done. General prayers receive sometimes so general answers that we don't even know when we've got the answer. Well, let's not be so general in our thanks to the Lord, but very specific. He then gave a sum total of the whole reason why we are created, and our lives are to be devoted to the glory of God. And Daniel then stated five things whereby he had reason and cause to exalt the Lord. And he said, because this God is the one who changes the times and the seasons. He is the one who removes kings and he sets up kings. He gives wisdom and knowledge. He reveals deep and secret things and he knows what is in the darkness, as, and he is in the light. I have called these the five points of Danielism, and you might think about them a little bit later on in your own study, but these are good. These five points are very excellent, and you'll not go wrong when you study these in great detail. Tonight in our study, we continue in the unfolding drama of Daniel seeking another audience with this king, Nebuchadnezzar. This time it was to inform him about the dream and all that it meant. And so Daniel goes to Arioch and he says, bring me into the king. I have the desire that he wants. 
You may have noticed that when Arioch takes Daniel with haste into the presence of Nebuchadnezzar, what does Arioch say? <clears throat> he says, oh, I found a man. Arioch didn't find the man. The man found Arioch and took him to the king. But Arioch was a bit of a man-pleaser, perhaps, and he wanted to make sure he, is, he had a good mark in Nebuchadnezzar's book as well. Nonetheless, that's just by the way. But the first thing that Daniel says to the king, he said to him that your request, the magicians, astrologers, soothsayers, and wise men of Babylon could not reveal to you. This introduction not only led into how the dream became known, but it also eased the fury of the king against all of those men. Whether or not they ever knew later on that Daniel was the one who saved their skin, we don't know. If that word ever got back to them, do you know you owe your life to this guy? Even though he's completely different from you are, and may well be that these astrologers, magicians, and so on, despised Daniel and his friends for what they had done and what they stood for, because they were men of God, men of faith, and they had separated themselves from them. So you could imagine the tension would have been high. But such a man was this man, that he did not cheapen himself. He did not care about those little disputes that would go on among people. He was a man much higher than that. And he was a man of statesmanship quality. And he was a man of God and a man of faith. And he was a man who had an eye out even for the well-being of his enemies, to love his enemies. Yes, this is the spirit and the heart that was in such a man. Now, I want tonight to turn your attention to the 28th verse primarily and the opening line. This is our text tonight. But there is a God in heaven that revealeth secrets. This text laid the groundwork of giving glory to God as he spoke these words before this heathen and godless king. He pointed Nebuchadnezzar to the one true and living God who could reveal such a secret as a dream and all that it meant. And I pray tonight, as we think upon this verse and the bold declaration that was made by God's prophet, that there is a God in heaven that revealeth secrets, that God will strengthen us in our own faith. He will give us a resolve to know that today you and I 
are also making the same declaration. There is a God in heaven. And as we know Him and we love Him, we want our lives to be on the altar of sacrifice for service. Please notice with me in the first place, Daniel's fearless declaration to the existence and identity of the God of heaven. There is a God in heaven. This is the very starting point of acknowledging that there is a supreme being in whom we have faith. You will know the words of Hebrews chapter 11. It talks about the substance of our faith. It talks about the very ground and foundation of what we believe, that God is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. And so as the Apostle Paul in Hebrews 11 is introducing that great chapter where we have described for us the men and women of faith in the Old Testament that are cloud or shadows and blessings for us, watching over in one sense, but going in front of us to pave the way. They believed in God. They acknowledged in the Old Testament that God is. And indeed, Daniel stands out as a marker of such people and such prophets that God is. We are told in the Psalms that the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. In Romans chapter 1, we are given by the Apostle Paul a bit of an expansion or an expounding of what it means for those who declare there is no God. They were not born that way, by the way. Even though man has been born in sin and shaped in iniquity, there has been placed by the Almighty within the conscience within the very being and nature of humanity, the evidence that there is a God in heaven. And so man that comes to the point of saying in his heart, there is no God, the Lord declares him as being a fool. Because they must make clear and decisive determination that they are going to put the thought of God out of their mind. They must do that. Because God is stamped on the heart of every man. There is a God in heaven. But what shall we say about the person who not only thinks or reasons in his heart Secretly, there is no God. That is one thing. But what shall we then say of that man or those people that stand on the podium of the world and they will open their mouths and they will say, there is no God in heaven. 
What type of a fool would God describe such a person? Not even Pharaoh was so foolish, because he at least acknowledged, who is the Lord that I should obey Him? He acknowledged there was deity, there were gods that he worshipped, but he just didn't seem to know who the God of the Jews were was. My dear friends, there is a, a sad history of men who have placed themselves in such a position by their willful and determined arrogance and ignorance that there is no God. Perhaps you've heard of the name Frederick Nietzsche. This philosopher wrote with such an arrogant spirit that he determined that the God of the Bible, who had been well worshipped, that had paved the civilization in Europe, had really passed his best before date. And he was no longer to be acknowledged for an existence. In fact, this statement was made by Nietzsche. He said, God is dead. But given the way of men, there may still be caves for thousands of years in which his shadow will be shown. In other words, people have in their simplistic thinking, in his mind, they have had the heritage of God. They have had the idea of God that has been taught to them from generation after generation. And therefore, as we go into the caves of human development, we're going to see the vestiges of God. We're going to see the paintings on the wall like cavemen. And God's image, or whatever you want to recognize, it'll still be there. That's what Nietzsche said. The Encyclopedia Britannica, in the final summary of Nietzsche's life, made this statement. They said that Frederick Nietzsche died in total mental darkness. He was beside himself when he died. He had lost his sanity. Is there any wonder why a man who would not just think in his heart, but would express it out to the world that he, he is the knowledge and information, and he is the one to make a declaration that God is dead? How foolish is the heart and the mind and the will of totally depraved mankind, rising to the point of their intelligence. Nietzsche put forward that the enlightenment of the Middle Ages, the enlightenment brought to Europe that which was going to illuminate them 
away from all the burdensome pressures of the knowledge and thinking of a god. But Nietzsche is only one in a trail of those who are today known as the the new atheists, those that have taken to the forefront today. And Richard Dawkins, men like him, who have written and are still writing books that declare that there is no God. And anyone who believes that there is, you're just an ignoramus. You're an abysmal fool. And these men continue to write and to place forward themselves. But you know, the testimony of Daniel, there is a God in heaven. That testimony still is ringing through today. And for the people who declare either God is dead or God is not good or not gracious or not kind, all the other attributes that go along with the books and the descriptions that these men have, they too will be shown if they do not repent that they are in the same path and going in the same direction as men like Nietzsche. Something else that comes from this and this declaration that Daniel made, it's that this God is distinct from all other pretenders, including, as he stands before Nebuchadnezzar to make this claim, he is ultimately saying, Nebuchadnezzar, all the gods that you are worshiping in Babylon are false. There's no such thing. Because all of your soothsayers and Chaldeans and wise men and all of them that were in the conjuring tricks, they could not reveal the secret that you wanted to make to know. But the God that I worship, the God who is the God of heaven and earth, He is the one. And He is the one that is separate from all who have made themselves gods or pretended to be gods because they're all man-made or they are satanically put forward. My dear friends, there is still a great raft of false pretenders that are coming on the forefront today because the devil is not finished with deceiving men and women And he will place all kinds of gods, whatever you want to make. And a lot of times today, the gods that will be put forward are the gods and the idols of Hollywood, of the sporting world, of those who are held up as the great ones of this world. And, well, people follow after them today. But Daniel has a word for each one. In this world, as in his time, there is a God in heaven. And that bold declarative statement, it shows us that every other God that is put forward is only pretense and is not real. And it begs the question, friend, to be sure 
that you are depending tonight on the God of heaven and earth for your salvation. You're watching online this evening. I don't know who you are. I don't know where you are. But the Lord has a word for you tonight. And the word is, give up the foolish pursuit of your own gods and the idols that you've set up in front of you. And humble yourself, my dear friend, under the only living and true God of heaven. And if you have a question in your heart, who is this God? I don't know Him. That's not a bad place to start. And to get before this God and cry out to Him and say, Oh God, whoever you are, make yourself known to me. And if you desire that in your heart and soul, and you come to the Word of the Lord, and you begin to read, God will make Himself known unto you. Something else we learn from this is that because there is such a God as Daniel worshipped, we are ultimately accountable to Him. This is a very important truth because I believe it's one of the foundation reasons why men reject the idea of God because the idea is this, if I acknowledge there is a God in heaven, then ultimately He has created all that there is and the call that He makes to a day of judgment to stand before Him, it means there is a law by which I must live, and there is a law by which I am accountable to answer before the God of heaven. And yet man doesn't want to give account for his life, his actions, his thinking, his behavior. And therefore, it's much easier to say, we have come from lower forms of life, we have come from no intelligent creation. All that we see around us has just happened by chance, by random chance, and there is no accountability to anything because there is nothing. And that's why the atheists of this day are happy to make those declarations because they can live their life as they choose. And they think that there's never going to be a day of reckoning. But that statement that Daniel made, it necessarily declares, if there is a God in heaven, there is a day of accountability, a day of judgment. And how will we stand before Him at that day? It's a good question. It's an important question that we must answer. But I want you to also notice, please, in the second place this evening, that this God is supreme and omniscient. He is supreme and He is omniscient, which simply means He is all-knowing. Because Daniel said He reveals secrets. Now, if someone said to you, you are a secret revealer, it may not be a compliment because if someone's given you a confidence and you go and tattle and tell someone else, 
you'd be a gossiper. You wouldn't keep your confidence. You'd be showing someone else's secret to someone else. That doesn't mean there's any great power in that. In fact, it would be not a very good thing to do. But when we are told here that God reveals secrets, we know how it applies to this very circumstance of the dream and of the interpretation that Nebuchadnezzar had. Now think about it for a moment, because we read over these words and we don't really maybe let them sink in. How would it be possible for any man to do what Nebuchadnezzar was asking? It was an impossibility. And yet with Daniel, when he went in before the king, he said, your dream will be made known. And we commented already before in a previous message that the the evidence and the fact that Daniel could do that was showing that he is a man of faith. He believed that God could make known to him and would make known to him what that dream was. And the very fact it happened, it shows us that this God knows the very details of a man's dream? How could that be? We're dealing here with someone who is absolutely all-knowing in the thoughts and impulses and reactions that you and I have. Friends, stop for a moment and consider that because it is a very happy thing that you and I do not know the thinking of another person, because we could not handle such information. Oh, sometimes we say, oh, I know what you're thinking right now, because in the context of something we've been talking back and forth, and something happens, you see an expression on someone's face, and you think, oh, I know what you're thinking. Now, that's all to do in the, just the consequences of the circumstance of the moment, but you don't know what are the impulses and thoughts of a person's heart. And what people say, what we all say at times, well, those are the expressions coming from inside us, but deep inside the mind and the brain and the heart of the individual, those things are kept very quiet often. But know this, friend, that God knows our hearts. And he is able to reveal, and as he did to Daniel, what this man Nebuchadnezzar had dreamed. The hidden and secret things of the heart, they're known unto the Lord. The Lord knows who belongs to him and who is making a pretense, trying to pretend that they are followers of God, but they are not. And here's the point that oftentimes in a church or other people that you might meet, they may say, yes, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of the Lord, and they might give all of the right words, the right actions, the right responses, but in their hearts, We don't know, but the Lord knows. He knows all who belong to Him. He knows everyone who is truly His child. 
He knows, friend, if you have genuinely called on Christ to be your Savior. Have you called on Him tonight? In the privacy and secrecy and solemnity of your own heart, have you called on the Lord? He knows if you belong to Him, you can't fool the Lord. And this is the whole point of Him declaring that this God in heaven, He is supreme. He is an all-knowing God. Nebuchadnezzar, He knows your heart right now. And everyone here, He knows our hearts. And therefore, as a child of God, we want to have a true heart before the Lord. Let's be honest before Him. We can't deceive God. We're sometimes so foolish to think that we can trick the Lord, you know, by things we do or things we we try to cover up. No, we can't hide anything from the Lord. And I'm glad we can't do that because He knows us through and through. And I pray that we will all be genuine men and women of God. And that doesn't mean, friend, that we are to share every detail of our hearts with our neighbors and friends. We can't wear our emotions on our sleeves all the time. There are things we we will keep to ourselves. We know that. But we also want to be true and honest and open people to the best of our ability and to the best working of the church and body of Christ because the Lord knows who we are. He knows what we are because He is supreme and He is omniscient. In the third place, please notice this, that this God is pleased to use nobodies to accomplish His will. Look at verse 30. Daniel says to the king, But as for me, this secret is not revealed to me for any wisdom that I have more than any living. This secret was not revealed to me. In other words, he's standing before the greatest monarch of the world, the leader and ruler of the then known world, the men with absolute power. And here's an opportunity. And if Daniel was an opportunist, he would have said, Ah, you've got it right. Nebuchadnezzar, I am the man, and I'm going to show you and tell you everything you want to know, and you're going to lift me up to be higher than you are in your kingdom. Daniel shared the same spirit of Joseph when he was before Pharaoh, when Joseph interpreted Pharaoh's dream. And he said, it is not in me. It is not in me. That's what Joseph said. And look what Daniel says. Wow, this secret is not revealed to me for any wisdom that I have more than others. This is profound humility that is is revealed to us. And it tells us something, that God is prepared to use nobodies in His work. Because Daniel was a slave, yes, he came from nobility, we might assume, from Israel. He, he was separated because of that. 
But when he got to Babylon, who was he? He was a nobody. Nothing. And he could have used this occasion to promote himself and lift himself up. But what an example of the character of this man of God. He said, I have nothing to do with this. It is all because there is a God in heaven and I'm here because of Him and I'm here before you today to tell you about Him. And God is pleased to use nobodies in His service. And my friend, if you will be used of God in your life today and for the rest of the years you have, Bundle up your pride and throw it as far behind you as you can and just present yourself before the Lord and say, Here I am, Lord, send me. Here I am, Lord, use me for whatever there is. For I am nothing. We are nothing. And if God deigns to use us and if we fulfill His will, we'll be able to say, at the end of it all, we are unprofitable servants, for we have done our bidding. We have done what the Lord wanted us to do. Yes, this whole context and how this thing unfolded, and the fourth and final thought for you, just briefly, that the character of Daniel was revealed through his faith in his God. It sets the groundwork for the chapter and for the book. And it really helps us to see what type of person we are dealing with. A humble man that thought nothing of himself, that was prepared to die for the cause of God, if so be. And yet he was a man of great faith, great wisdom. He was not a silly man. <clears throat> he was not a man that was trying to be a <clears throat> hero. He used great common sense. And as we think of the man's life and we pray to that end, there are three simple things I leave with you as a conclusion for tonight's message. The first one is that we will not fear the face of man when we have seen the face of our God by faith. And as we go forward in our Christian life, we don't need to be afraid of the face of clay, as John Knox said. If we have been in the presence of our God, if we have been walking with Him, and we know Him and He knows us, and we have humbled ourselves in His sight, let us go forward in the confidence and strength of our God, knowing that we have no cause to fear. And the second thing, conclusion, would be that we will not take credit to ourselves 
for the things God has given us or allowed us to do. What talents do you have? What blessings have been given to me? Will I use those talents for the Lord? Will I say that these things have been given for me, not that I might take credit for them? Paul said to the Corinthians, didn't he? All you have, you've been given by another, by the Lord. So therefore, why do you boast in them? No, we have no cause, no reason for that. And if we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of the Lord, He will use us in our lives. And the third conclusion would be this, that in whatever situation we find ourselves, let our light so shine for Christ. The situation may not be pleasing. Situations may be very troubling, discouraging. We might think that our faith is ready to collapse. But let's pray that our light will shine for Him no matter where we are, no matter who we are before, and that we will always be mindful. Let Christ be glorified in all things that we say and that we do. Let's close in prayer. Father, help us tonight, we pray. For we are very weak vessels at the best of times. And Lord, it seems the more that we are shown our weakness, we can better reflect your glory. Then teach us, Lord, those lessons and help us to be fast learners. Pour out your Spirit on this church, this fellowship, every family, every member, every attender and friend. Pray your blessing upon those who are watching our service online, that you would pour out your blessing on them as well. Be with us now, Lord, we pray, and again we ask that you would save precious souls. Hear our prayer now in Jesus' name we ask. Amen. We have a hymn in closing tonight as we bring this service to an end and then we gather around the Lord's table. If you are able to stay, it's number 28, How Great Thou Art. We'll stand please to sing.
please be seated. <clears throat> As we still our hearts before the Lord now around His table, there is a hymn that I found written by Horatius Bonner, and I want to sing it now as our time of communion comes. O love of God, how strong and true, eternal and yet ever new, uncomprehended and unbought, beyond all knowledge and all thought. We read thee best in him who came to bear for us the cross of shame, sent by the Father from on high, our life to live, our death to die. We read thy power to bless and save, even in the darkness of the grave. Still more, in resurrection light, we read the fullness of thy might. O love of God, our shield and stay, through all the perils of our way, eternal love, in thee we rest, forever safe, forever blessed. Let's sing to the Lord's praise. <clears throat> 